Welcome to Stepping Into CI's continued podcast. Today we have a special guest with us. In that we could co opt him into doing this because he was nearby and we are mean. So, by co opt, I mean we literally surrounded him like last weekend and we're like, dude, you should do this. And then, and then he surrounded us today at fifth period to remind us. Yes. <laughs> Single person sur- surrounding. I felt surrounded. <laughs> so uh, today what we're going to do is we're going to explore uh, John's first year with us here. We should um, probably introduce him. Yes, this is John Folk. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, introduce ourselves. You hey. know us. Um, I'm Rachel Ash. Miriam Patrick is also here. Um, uh, today I'm going by the name Princess Snuckle- Snucklepuck. <laughs> Uh, well, then, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just for you there. doing that, I actually am a lady of Sealand. So I am Lady <laughs> Rachel Ash, just so you know. <laughs> I would also like to be, I don't want to be a lady. I want to be a duchess. Well, it costs more. So <laughs> I will come up with the funds. <laughs> I'd rather be a dame, honestly, but they didn't offer that one. You know what I want to be? What is it the term for um, the queen mother? I want to be the queen mother. Of Sealand? Yes. <laughs> you can apply, but there's already someone in the job. Darn. All right. So, um, so yeah, we're basically here. This is, is just a chance to talk to John about what he's doing uh, in his first year with us. And then in his first year, sort of full CI um, and not being the student teacher. Because you did CI when you were a student teacher. Yes. So... Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to put this out there. We are his colleagues and we are watching everything you say because we'll report it back to our superiors. That's right. I'm I'm just going to send the recording in. Yeah. We're just going to like, we're going to send our fearless leader to our fearless leader. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, so just to quickly establish, you moved here from Illinois. Yes. And, um, for those listening, it is not Illinois. Thank you very much. There's a street that has that OIS ending that I was talking to somebody about and i wanted to ask how it was pronounced livernoy livernoy's i don't we'll see we're here i mean they also like lake lanier is how they say the lake's name like lanier. Have, it's probably lanier originally <laughs> right well it depends i will no okay so so i'll have to share i have to tell you the story because it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious i come from a family of linguists right like teachers my mom studied spanish in high school she knows some asl my dad is like degrees out the wazoo in languages <laughs> and <laughs> you might not know you might not heard of him um but so we moved to georgia when i was 16 into this little town called well we lived in 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 Oh, shoot. Now I can't remember where I lived. But it was next to this town called Noonan, right? And it was this mostly rural area with a little couple little suburbs here and there. And the the county name was spelled C-O-W-E-T-A. Coweta. Coweta, right? Nope. Can they get offended if you call it that? We got yelled at so much the first time we came over here. Yeah, no. So if you're below a certain age, it's Coweta. Coweta. Coweta County. And if you're above a certain age, it's Kaida County. Kaida. Kaida County. But you've got to be of a certain age. It's like it's like in Alabama, like, you know, 
if you're above a certain age, you can get away with saying things in a really weird way. But it, but if you're younger, you can't. But either way, either way, not Kawita. Not Kawita. It's Kawita or Kaida. Kaida can I'm just yeah. I'm not from this area, so I don't. I can't take on the full like. Oh, it's okay. I'll teach you my ways. <laughs> I joke that I'm fluent in various types of Southern, but it's, it's true. true. I am fluent in various types of Southern. But John, um, did you grow up in Illinois? Yes, I grew up in the Chicago area, so born in the city. I was going to ask. Grew up in the suburbs, originally from the south side. Uh, so your your high schools there are probably pretty large too, right? Yes, my high school was about the same size as this one, so three thousand students. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, I came from I came from Oklahoma, and my high school was one of the middle to lower sized ones. So we had nine hundred people in my high school total. Not for my grade. We we had. My elementary middle school, we had 200 people total, including right. teachers. And my high school was a little bit larger, but I think like our largest classes were not like in the classroom classes, but overall was about 50 to 60 people in a class, okay. maybe more, but it was small. It was small. And then I moved to Georgia and I went to a regular public high school and I was like, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> this is too many people. It, it, this is huge. Um I, I love it, actually. I have found that I really love teaching in big schools better than small schools. I don't know. I've never but taught in a small school. That's true. You haven't. Nope. But only big ones. And yeah, what kinds of school? You can sort of fill people in on like your background. Tell us about yourself. So my first teaching experience was actually in Turkey at a, uh, it was a private school, but I was, I wasn't there full time. I was there during their summer programs and their winter programs. So it was first through eighth grade. Um, you taught little ones. Yeah. But they're kind of divided into three groups. So we had like the first, second, third-ish, and then like the middle group and then the older groups. So right. And kind of split it between uh, three teachers. You were teaching English? Yeah. Great. And then in grad school, besides teaching at the college level, I also taught at a first semester to cover for a colleague. I was the only teacher there. Only Latin teacher, I should say. Um, it was a an independent K through 8 school. So I'm trying to remember now. My fourth grade class was... 15 and I had all the fourth graders and all the fifth graders so that was and then That's 16 fifth graders class. and then I had nine sixth graders and then eight seventh graders and four eighth graders and so is Latin compulsory and that school? was in fourth and in fifth grade and then from that well because they have Spanish and Chinese from kindergarten but then in fourth grade they all have Latin and then at the middle school so grades six seven and eight that's when they have to decide on one of the languages and stick with it. That's intense. Yeah. That's well, I was in a small school that that wasn't was just a little bit bigger than this. I was teaching English in Oklahoma and in an Islamic school. Mm -hmm. Um and it was awesome, but those the class sizes were like the big class was twenty four. That was ninth grade. Um and then my next biggest class was 14. I long for the day when I can teach a class that small. We'll never teach a class that <laughs> I know, and I'm so happy about it. Well, even <laughs> teaching in the Chicago suburbs, uh, so I had four Latin classes, so two Latin ones, one Latin two, Latin two that was combined with two honors, and then one that was three, three honors, four, and four honors. Yeah. Um, and my largest there was 25. And here, 25 is my smallest. Oh, right, <laughs> yeah. right. That's because probably a couple students have, have been moved or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so question, uh, at the place that you did student teaching, mm -hmm. was it similar in terms of uh, 
um, types of students that we have here? Demographics. Like demographics. I would say here is more diverse, but it's still suburbs. So, mm, yeah. Um, but the Latin program, no, definitely not. Mm, okay. Um, the Latin program. Like, and I would say just based on the demographics, just comparing them, I just feel like Gwinnett County is so diverse in general. It is. It is and, the most, is the most multicultural uh, county in the United States. It is more multicultural than the city of New York. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, the, the school where I was teaching had a large... Um, Immigrant Arab population. Yeah. So I had a lot of that compared, mm-hmm. compared to, but even here, like I have Arabic speaking students. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. And we should, and we should say that this is something that we as a program feel pretty strongly about. We want our program to reflect the students that are the regular population of our school. Yeah, we want mm-hmm. to have the same demographic in our classrooms. We really, yeah. And we, we pulled the numbers and I don't have the numbers, but we found that about one fifth to one quarter of the students in our school take Latin, which is huge. And, um, that, uh, that we did statistically speaking, percentage wise fit within those things. Um, and in fact, we found, I think that our program was slightly more multicultural than the school mm-hmm. regarding percentages, um, which I thought was pretty cool, but you yeah, know, Gwinnett County is huge. It is incredible. Lots of different people from lots of different places. And, um, you can, like, for example, out where I live, there's a very large Eastern European population, and the closest grocery store to me is a very small, very specific uh, Eastern, and I say Eastern European, and that is, I know, very vague, being actually Eastern European myself, um, that is very vague, but they do, they're actually, they're actually, they market themselves as a, as an Eastern European. There's also a Macedonian restaurant near me, but then if you go out towards Duluth, which is near where you are, you get, um, a lot of the Asian communities, depending on where you are, there's a lot of Chinese communities. And then if you go further, a lot of Korean communities. And then if you go a little bit further, a little to the right, you find the Vietnamese communities. Um, but we have, I mean, and out here, there's a huge Ethiopian population. Yes. Huge. We've got a lot of Ethiopian students here. All right. So I'm going to bring us to CI officially because we've done what? getting to know you a little bit. So now we're going to do. Is that uh, what this podcast is about? It's about, it's about something CI, maybe cats and iguanas. Cats and iguanas, or maybe, maybe <laughs> I'm trying to think of a food that starts with the letter C and I can't. Citrus. Cheese. Cupcakes and ice cream. <laughs> that, let's go together. I Just know. like comprehensible Cream input. ice. <laughs> uh, okay, what's the first question? <laughs> let's go ahead and just dive into something that has a little meat to it. What's your favorite CI activity? Uh, one thing I really like, I don't know if the students quite get as much of a kick out of it as I do, are movie talks. I don't know. I just love... I, I really want to insert applause and clap. Like, I want to stop our talking and insert applause and clap right there. If we do that, we have to do the canned laughter every so yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we can't do that. Because <laughs> well, actually, like, I didn't do movie talks at all previously. So then I kind of just jumped into it and enjoyed it. And I, what I especially love is when you find the really good ones yes. and surprise endings or the ones that just go off into some random direction. The students are like, what happened? Like, right. why did that happen? Right. No, I love those. I'm particularly fond of the scary ones. I like, I like, but then again, I like horror as a genre, but you do the scary ones. And every once in a while, a really sad one is a, is a good way. How to scary are they really? 
No. You don't know me. <laughs> There's a couple that are super creepy. Yeah. Alma, the doll one. The Alma is yeah. pretty creepy. And, I, and I'm going to be honest with you guys. I cannot wait for Latin 1. I start to teach Latin 1. I'm in charge of Latin 1 again because the one of the big things that I've noticed about teaching in a program where we're only pretty much teaching one level each or in charge of one level each is I can't use Alma again because I already used it yeah. with these right, guys. I know. <laughs> the surprise is done. I know. When I was in my own program, I could use it with ones one day and then twos the next day and then threes and then fours, but not here. Well, and the other thing is, <laughs> yeah, another one that's fun for me is red. And it's, oh, that's it's a like good one. Red Riding Hood, but it's mm. totally it's totally been reinterpreted. Um, and it's much more violent. And it's sweeter. Wondering. But it's sweet also. And it's so sweet. Yeah. And your class will be divided. Half of them will be going, oh, my God, that's disgusting. And then the other half are going, oh, yeah. it's a love story. Violent love. Well, I love the one. <laughs> Thumbs up. You can't see We're that. not condoning violent love. <laughs> when we did it, it was in Latin 2. It was with the carrot. I don't know what it's called, but it's like two hunters are trying to compete for the attention of a rabbit because they want to capture it. Uh-huh. And they just, then they go all these extremes to try to compete. So like, then they start firing off like a grenade launcher and all these carrots and stuff. Cause then they end up fighting each other rather right. than the rabbit. Right. And then in the end, like it, they just end up like collapse on the ground and then the eagle swoops down and takes the rabbit away. Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. There's okay. There's one that I did. Um, it's called Octopodi, and it's a Greek one. It's a Greek. It's an actual Greek short film, um, and it's one of my absolute favorites because I'm partial to the octopus. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, so the, the this is two they're they're in love and they're like you know like hugging each other with their their tentacles and then all of a sudden a hand reaches into the tank and pulls one of them out and the guy octopus watches as. Um, the puts his his girlfriend, I guess, into a cooler, and then as he chops up other fish, and he like freaks out because his girlfriend's about to die. So the whole movie short is him chasing this guy through the streets of Greece. And if you know anything about the streets of of Greece, especially towards the coast, they tend to be on these rocky hills. A whole lot of fun. And then at the very end, he and his lover together again before a pelican comes and takes one of them. Takes him. <laughs> takes him. And the girlfriend is like, oh, no. And she catapults herself off into the sky. I love ones like that. Yeah. Those are yeah. those are the best. And we should say there are lots of resources out there to pull oh. movie shorts from. Yes. I know that I have a database of the ones that we have partial, that we, that we are partial to. Right. Because I know that we are constantly talking and taking inspiration from each other. And there is another list out there that I don't know who runs it, but it's pretty common among the IFLT groups. Um, so you can check out that one too, but that's actually one of my favorite activities too. Yeah. I love a good movie short. I should do a movie short. When we get back from Thanksgiving break. Uh, it's just a great way to introduce vocabulary it really is, and make yeah. it compelling to the students rather than just like, okay, here kids, here's a list. Yeah. I tell you, I, the repetition that they need. I did. I know that there's a huge debate in how to do this, right? I saw this recently on a list on an serve, one of the groups. Um, I know that typically our practice is to have them watch it all the way through so that they're not distracted by the fact that they don't know what's going to happen next. And instead they can focus on the language. And I know that some people won't, um, that some people um, won't even show it at all until they've discussed it. Oh. They pull screen screen grabs, which you and I have done as a follow-up. Right. But they'll pull the screen grabs and do the story first. And then once they've done the whole story, then they'll watch the thing. Um, but I did it this year with um, cha- ba- changing batteries. 
Uh-huh. Oh my God, it's that really, really sad one that Keith was telling us about. Yeah. Oh my God, I cried like the whole day. I was just in tears the whole time. <laughs> um, but I decided to do that one without letting them watch it first. Right. So we would watch some, we'd pause. We'd watch some, we'd That's pause. That's what I do. We'd yeah. watch some, we'd pause. That's what I do. And I ultimately found that it worked out fine. And I know that when we started first doing movie shorts years ago, yeah. that was not the practice. In yeah. fact, that was not recommended practice because the kids would be distracted and they would they would pull away from English or from from the Latin or whatever. I don't know that I would do it that way in a, in a level one class. I don't know, but I haven't taught level one in three years. So I, I like if they're trained well enough. Yeah, yeah. that's well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. If you've established enough of a practice, you could probably do it. Yeah, I think that's where I, that's where I've moved almost completely too. Yeah, is that show a little bit. We discuss. We can even do like a vote. Raise your hand if mm. you think this will happen, and raise your hand yeah. if that will happen, and then we find out what happens. Yeah, I know some teachers don't show it at all. They just do the screen grabs. Huh? So that hurts my heart. <laughs> well. That does not mean we are judging you per se. So, I'm not judging you. I'm just, it hurts my heart. <laughs> so were they shocked by that ending? Batteries. <sighs> batteries. Oh, we should tell you. We should let you know. <laughs> John likes puns just a little bit. Just a tiny bit. His love for puns is like my love for the octopus. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so I have a question. Like you, you have a unique experience that most Latin teachers don't get. And that is you came out of school, um, having had some experience teaching, but you came out of school and entered a very large Latin program. We have five teachers this year, including you, 700 students in Latin this year. Wow. Yeah. Well, how has that been experienced for you? I mean, because most of the time, whenever we're going through some kind of methodology course or when we're getting our master's or whatever, a degree in Latin, the, t the, the teachers know that we're going to become teachers and they're like, you're going to be on your own on this. This is going to be, this is all you, man, all you. One, two, three, four, and AP. So how has it been like being in a, a large group? Um, well, it depends on if I'm looking at it from the size or just being here in this program in general. Being in this program in general, it's every day is like a pinch me. Is this real? Oh. <laughs> It is very much a, a great privilege to be here. Well, it's a privilege to have you. Yeah. Um, Honestly, it's always scary bringing somebody new into a program that we've worked so hard to build. Oh, yeah. And we have not had any regrets. So, well, yes. most. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There are the puns. <laughs> I will defend you to the day you die on no. those puns because I, I love puns. <laughs> so... <laughs> But seriously, no regrets. There's never been a moment where we're like, oh, no, I'm not sure he's making it. So. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> In terms of the size, um, well, uh, yeah, it's definitely been great having the support of everybody mm -hmm. in terms of just like lesson planning and or just being able to pop in next door and be like, hey, is yeah. this what you meant by this or by this activity rather than if I were on my own? Mm -hmm. And we'd be like, I'm not quite exactly sure how this activity works, but I'm going to try it anyway. Like, let's say right. I, I read it on Keith's blog. Mm -hmm. Just because I read it on Keith's blog doesn't mean that I can go walk up to him next door and be like, is that what you meant by this? Right. How did right. this work out for you? Yeah. And and there's also like a delayed, I mean, there's a, that delayed response, you know, not yeah. just in the wanting to ask, but also in the response back. Right. Yeah. Um, whether well, trying it out with students and maybe it worked one way and mm -hmm. it didn't work another right. way, but then then you go and hear how Keith did. Right. Something. Right. Yeah. Um, no, I think that. I know that I'm always pretty grateful to be surrounded by other Latin teachers who are really passionate and passionate about teaching the way we teach. 
And just on a practical level, too, part of the reason why I came to this program was just in Illinois. A lot of the teachers that I knew were not full time in Latin. They had to teach something else. Yeah, and I knew I didn't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, but it's a reality that yeah. that, the La- that many Latin programs are facing. Yeah, you know. Um, well, I mean, I I've taught part time Latin and part time language arts. In fact, when I first came to the school. Um, they only really had enough space for a half-time Latin teacher, mm-hmm. third third Latin teacher, but still only two and a half Latin spaces. Yep. So um, I taught language arts for the other half of the day. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm also certified in ESOL, should a situation ever arise. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could teach history, but I've yeah. never been certified in it. I have like the credits. For mm-hmm. it. Well, and you'll find that actually a lot of Latin teachers um, have that dual certification or, yeah. or could like, I just went, like, I don't have a degree in ESOL, but because I took all these methodology courses, I have the coursework. So I went yeah. and just took the exam and passed it. So, um, and that, I think a lot of us, we do that as like a safety. Yeah. yeah. When I was first teaching, I, I inherited a halftime program. Um, and I got my degree in language arts, not my degree, <laughs> my second certification in language arts because we, didn't yeah. Yeah. we can't afford that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I couldn't afford to live on it. So how's the, so how's the transition? Well, let me rephrase that question. What are you finding is the easiest thing about being in this program, this full CI program? In terms of activities or. Let's, well, let's start with, um, yeah, I guess, I don't know. The CI aspect, <laughs> the as opposed to to teaching um, probably in the way you were taught, to mm-hmm. yeah, taught grammar translation. What what has been easy? To, what has made that shift an easy shift? Well, to answer that, I'd probably have to go deep into my past. So <laughs> I started like my language learning in middle school in seventh grade in Spanish. It, with the language teacher, basically did a full immersion program. She only taught in Spanish. She would lect- do grammar lectures in Spanish. Hey, lastima. I, I eventually grew to love it. it was, seventh grade was a little rough, but then eighth yeah. grade, it started picking up on mm-hmm. it. And actually, she, she had prepared me so well for the grammar that we did in high school that, like, Spanish 2, Spanish 3 were a breeze. Right. And that's kind of where I discovered how easily language came to release grammar. Right. So like, I yeah. love charts. I love oh, conjugation. Yeah. Spanish. Once we, I got to advanced Spanish in high school, I was kind of bummed that we weren't doing grammar anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then, I, yeah, then in, in college, I moved on to, I started with Greek. So mm-hmm. I Greek for four years and then Latin my sophomore year. Um, so I, I just loved grammar. That's how I learned. I had Wheelock. I loved Wheelock. Oh, um I think most of us, that's, that's yeah. how we feel about grammar. Like, yeah. I love grammar. Grammar made me, got me through my Spanish classes because I couldn't speak Spanish at all. It was so sad. Like, my teacher came up and she knew I had had an A in her class. And she was like, como estas? And I was like, and it looked very Hola. scared. At <laughs> and my friend who had taken this in class with me, like, elbowed me and was like, bien, say bien. <laughs> so I was like, bien. And she looked really confused at me, probably going, did she cheat her way through this class? Yeah. I did not. I grammared my way through that class. <laughs> well, and I, you know, for me, I, I love grammar too. The ablative absolute and I are like best buds. Um, I love the ablative absolute. Indirect statement. Oh, man. Well, that's the thing. Whoa, let me pause for a second. What's your favorite grammar construction? Oh. Oh, boy. 
Where do I begin? <laughs> well, okay. I'll, I'll, let, pick, I'll let you think about it. Should, but, I, should I pick like a really odd one, like the supine or something? Oh my God, I love the accusative <laughs> supine. That's great. <laughs> Supines are amazing. Um, no, but I think, I think for me, like I have a love for grammar, but I don't know. I don't know that I had that love from the very beginning. And I do think that part of that was drilled out of me in my English classes in middle school. But what I, what I have found is that as an adult, I love grammar and I annoy my boyfriend with it because so I'm learning Chinese to speak to him and to speak to his mother and or his uncle and his aunt and his cousins, just the whole family. Um, and I really, really, I am terrified of my fear is of making a mistake. I have this intense fear of making a mistake. I hate it. I don't like, I feel really embarrassed if I make a mistake. So like I will study or I'll listen to a podcast in Chinese or I'll read something in Chinese and then I'll go to him who's a native Chinese speaker of 34 years, 33 years. And I'll say, so babe, um, tell me how this works. And of course he's never had a class in Chinese. He's spoken it his whole life, never yeah. had a class. And he's like, I don't know. You just do it this way. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way it is, which I think is a really interesting experience. But no, I absolutely, I absolutely love grammar as we all do. Um, yeah, to pick up on that. So then fast forward to when I was in grad school getting my teaching license yep. and my first SLA theory course kind of introduced me to this fact that, oh, we don't, really everybody. Teach, we don't really teach grammar as much anymore. And I was right. like, what? I wanted to become a teacher to share my love of charts. What am I going to do with yeah. my life? So I went through this brief existential crisis with it, but then, I don't know. I, <laughs> no, I've been there. I remember that crisis. Go ahead. No. I'm going to quickly interject. SLA theory is second language acquisition theory. Gosh, Rachel, why are you keeping our listeners informed? <laughs> oh, go ahead. Right, go. But then, like, because I had had some time in my graduate program, and then I kind of reflected on what it meant to be a language learner and a language teacher and then the, the nature of Latin as it was. Like, for example, teaching at Latin at the college level, we would have um, just brief meetings maybe once a month and mm. maybe like our um, supervisor, Ariana Trail, um, in case you want to point that out, um, <laughs> she would, uh, she was the pedagogy expert at, in my department. She would often have us read an article just about pedagogy or an activity. Mm -hmm. And we actually read Bob Patrick's in, what? in um, TCL. Yeah. yeah. And, and she was like, okay, here what we is, are. What, I'm sorry, what is TCL? Teaching classical languages. Thank you. Um, and, uh, and then she said, okay, here we are in a college program, in a grammar translation program, but hey, his program has grown 500%. Is there anything we can pick out of this and apply to our program? And it got me thinking a little bit in terms of, because I, I being in grad school, it really got me thinking, here we are in these graduate seminars, yeah. and we're still terrified of sight reading. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we're, we are assigned not only in the Latin text, but in English translation. I'm like, do yeah. we really know the language right. that we are studying? And then, and, I your, thought that was embarrassing. and then your mind was blown yeah. and you had existential crisis number two. Yeah. That's the one I had. Before, <laughs> yeah. before I got to the SLA theory yeah. stuff, I had that crisis of, I can't just sit down and read Latin. Oh, yeah. let me tell you, I, um, I, I went to uh, uh, an immersion program, and this is not a critique of the immersion program. This is an explanation of my existential crisis. My <laughs> father warned me. He said, you need to be aware that when you get there, it's going to be a brand new environment. You are, you're not, and you're going to feel like you know nothing. 
And that's exactly what happened. I, that second day of this immersion program, I spent almost completely in tears because I felt like I knew no Latin. This, and, and I have to give a shout out to the people who run that program because they really helped me. Yes. Especially, may he rest in peace, David Morgan. David Morgan was the leader of, we were separating little groups and he was leader of my group. And he just, he pulled me through that and he helped me realize that, yes, I do know Latin. It's just that without this kind of context, we feel like we don't know it. And what's yeah. wonderful about the Emergen program, and if we're going to keep referring to it. We should. It's the Rusticatio. Right. It's the Rusticatio. <laughs> what's wonderful is they're so aware that everybody gets hits that wall. Yeah. And no, they, and, they, yeah. not only do they warn you, but they watch for signs of it. They so do. they can help you. Yeah. No. And it was, but I think we all have that crisis that, that you're talking about this, whether it's in reading or in speaking or in something, we have that moment where we go, oh my God, I've studied Latin for five years and I know nothing. Yeah. I know nothing. I think you, you mentioned that because another part of my evolution was, uh, <laughs> I just reflected upon how I interact with languages that I study in general, like in Spanish in high school, like I was naturally translating things on my own because mm -hmm. I have to be creative with the language that I learn. Mm -hmm. I can't just read it. Like, like a lot of my Latin colleagues in grad school, they'd be like, okay, I want to read it, but like, I would never want to do anything creative with it. Yeah. I was like, I have to personalize language that I'm saying. I have to apply it to myself. You mean it has to be compelling to you? Well, it already is compelling, but I have to personalize it in my own way. Oh, so you have to demonstrate yeah. that not only is it comprehensible and compelling to you, but that there's some caring aspect about it as well. Yes, definitely. Wow. <laughs> huh. Go and that, And that's one to think on. So yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Just has snort laugh. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, just like with any language that I, I feel like I have to personalize it and play around with it. I, I tell my students that I approach language kind of like Legos when I was a kid. Like mm. I have to build, play around with the language a bit, yeah. personalize it, make it my own, take that ownership of it. And that's what I want to do in my classroom, too. Like, I don't I want that. my students just to say, okay, I'm just going to read and translate this. Mm -hmm. I want to express myself in a different way as well, because I think at the end of the day, as well in my classroom, I like to create a space where my students feel like they can be themselves mm -hmm. and express themselves. Love and it. in language, that's what we're all about. It's all about communication, yeah. self-expression. So if I can give them an outlet to do that, that might be different from the other classes or that's something totally new to them because it's a whole different language. Right. And that's what I want to encourage. Okay. So I want to bring this back around yes. because I really love what you just said, but so is this, so this is like a goal of yours. Yes. You're right. And I love that because I know that you and I, we, Rachel, um, <laughs> that we've been teaching back and forth along the same kind of levels since I arrived here between right. one and two, two and three, three and four. And that's also our goal. You know, one of my personal goals for the kids that I currently have is that in, and we actually just talked about this the other day in my Latin three classes, we were, so Latin one is all about that. Just basic lingual language, language understanding. Do you understand the story? You get it? Do you understand what's literally happening right in front of you? Yeah. And then two and three, we've been, two was about, okay, now that you understand that, what evidence can you use from it to talk about this thing over here? Mm -hmm. And now in three, they actually have enough of the language under their belt to really talk about themselves personally and really personalize it to a whole nother level. So I love that that's one of your goals, but is this what you're finding to be the easiest thing in this CI program? Or is that difficult? Or is that a difficult thing? 
getting them to use the language in that sort of way. Maybe, or maybe fostering that attitude or building that kind of community because in your that's classroom. that's definitely a community building thing. And absolutely definitely is. trying to create that safe space. I feel like it is with my wants to some extent, because it's even just uh, when they just try to throw out things at each other, like... Like the rejoinders, like, oh, okay, foo yeah. <laughs> like they can They can personalize the language yeah. and kind of play around with each other. Mm-hmm. Or when they say, like, um, I don't know, just the basic greetings and communication. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, with the Scipulus illustrious, I have a couple that yeah. have started, instead of saying about themselves, like, one of them, we, okay, so in our classes every day, we do the date. Oh, every day. Podier as... I don't even know what today is anymore. All right. They've really got that bimalesimo septum decimo. Oh, they really did. And so when I asked what grade, that's what she threw out there. What grade? 2017. Oh my gosh. She is in. Mm. Well, she must be one smart kid. Right? <laughs> so, well, she's also over 2,000 years old. Well, yeah, no, no, there's that. Well, and let me just go ahead and point this out here. We're talking about this thing, the Scipulus Illustris. If you teach Spanish, which is what it was originally written in, you know it as La Persona Especial, um, which is uh, Bryce Hedstrom's uh, thingamajigger. <laughs> <laughs> it's created by him. Yes. Thank you. Um, and we, uh, Lance... Uh, oh, Lance, I'm, I'm butchering your name, and I'm so sorry. Piantagini. Um, and what's horrible is that I'm Italian. But the problem is is that I switch vowels sometimes in my head. And I want to say it's Pantiagini instead of Piantagini. So I apologize, Lance. Um, but Lance took it and put it into Latin, and now and we've been using it for about two years now. And I think we've expanded it to do some really cool things with it. But that's a great way to foster what you're talking about, yeah. this this sense of community. And personalization, right? Because yeah. you get a chance to sort of take it. They can be serious mm-hmm. about themselves. Or, or they can like be silly. Like my young lady today, she, yeah. Yeah, she, she went for it. She's Wonder Woman. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. We you know that, that question of what name do you prefer? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Some of the things I've gotten. And I always go like, like, like real wear, seriously, that's what you want to be called because that's what I'm going to call you for the rest of the day. Yep. Even in the hallways. I'm going to shout it down the hallways. Is Wonder Woman. And now on. Think, that's a, I think, think that was a good that. selection. I, mean, I think it's know, a good if I selection. Wanted to pick a name, Wonder Woman's not a bad one. Or one of mine was like Daddy something. <laughs> Daddy something Malo. I had a kid who put crazy in front of his name. Like his full name. He wanted his name to be his full name and then the word crazy in front of it. And what's funny is that he stuck with it and he introduces himself as such. And I think it's great. I love it. I'd be like crazy Rachel Lash. Yes, you would. So I want to uh, I want to follow up with that. You know, I think you're doing some great building there with that. What have you found to be the most difficult part of your transition here with us? Hmm. And if it's that you don't have the same luxurious hair. That three of us <laughs> sport with our longer locks. I totally get it. Like a uh, our illustrious department head. Yeah, fearless yeah. illustrious department head. I would say, um, well, okay. One thing that um, has been, and I'm still working on this myself, is an SCI program getting that explicit assessment feedback from them. Because I feel like, yes, okay, they're, they're all responding to what I'm saying, but are they really? You wonder. Yeah. 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 Like, for example, like on the midterm, like I felt like my ones a lot of because our midterm was assessing just 
single vocabulary words in context. So an under, a word was underlined and then you just translate it. Mm. So I felt like maybe my students would have done better if I had assessed, okay, do you understand what this is saying as a whole? But you might not Rather understand than individual, individual words. words. So it's, it's getting that explicit feedback that you would get maybe in a grammar translation right. program that you don't right. quite get in a CI program. But yeah. That's just something that I'm still working on. Well, I think we're yeah. all still working yeah. on how to assess them most effectively. Yeah. You know, we were, were we talking about this on our last podcast? I think, I I think like we, we were, um, about, you know, assessments and how we do that and how we've kind of evolved over it. You know, I haven't given with the exception of a couple Google quizzes and this midterm. Um, and I'm gesturing to John because mine was the almost identical midterm, but with different words. Um, I haven't given a single assessment this year yeah. to a formal assessment, like a test. I haven't given one. We've just been doing tasks Not and we've done no formal assessments. Yeah. I and I have found that to be a really liberating experience. But then there are times where I still wonder that. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I, I think that this has been a really good learning experience for that. And I think that I probably won't change much for next year, except maybe to give, I don't know, a couple different, you know, assessments here or there. I don't know. I don't I mean, even know. We, we were working on, I mean, when we started doing SVG here in earnest. Standards-based grading. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, when we started doing that in earnest, uh, we rethought assessment at that time. We did. We changed the way we assessed already to to be about like standards. Can There's a standard. Can you recognize vocabulary and context? Okay, so we came up with, I think we've done four or five different things to check that now. Right, yeah. On a regular basis. And then um, interpretation. So to do that, aside from just question and answer, mm -hmm. there's the whole, here's a true statement. Miriam does this. She started this, and I have since stolen it because I like it. <laughs> here's a true statement. Find the sentence that proves it yeah. in the yeah. story. Well, and I yeah, think if, if I yeah. were to give an assessment next year or maybe even next semester, I don't know. But if I were to give an assessment, I think that's what I'd do. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, and I've talked about this in groups. I've talked about this. I've started to talk about this in my presentations. Um, and I know that I've talked about this amongst us. But I really think that assessments should be more open-ended. And I don't mean that by saying we should have essay assessments. I really oh, don't. I've had those. Like, <laughs> what I mean is that they should be built in a way that really allows the student to show what they know. Mm -hmm. And we all know that multiple choice is really easy on us, but it doesn't allow that. It doesn't. It really doesn't. And open-ended questions get closer to that. But whenever we write them, we still write them with that with an idea of a correct answer in mind. Whereas if you do something like this is a true statement, give show me how it's true, there's a variety of things that they could do. And and often you'll find that somebody gives you something that you're like, well, that's not what I was expecting, but heck yeah, that counts. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah and I also like, I like, um, I, they're weird, but I like checkboxes instead of multiple choice questions, like on a Google quiz, uh -huh. you know, um, which things are present in this thing? And that can give you a better sense, I think. Yeah. Because, you know, you can say, oh, they got the fact that there is a stack of books on my desk and three succulent plants and a thing of nuts. It's very specific. I know. <laughs> it's my dad looking at my desk. But they missed the fact that there's two owls and a raccoon. Wow, my desk is like a smorgasbord of random stuff. Um, and a Milky Way. And, and a Milky Way wrapper. Not even Milky Way, but just the wrapper. Well, the thing is, I don't think any of my kids ate Milky Ways today, so I have no idea where that came from. Um you know, so, okay, so then they miss this, but they clearly understand what I was talking about and where I was talking about. They just miss this one thing, and then you can follow up with some easy, you know, like, 
reiteration or whatever. Mm -hmm. Not remediate. I hate the word remediate, but reiteration, repetition, and and so on and so forth. All the re's. You can add all the re's Mm -hmm. in a much simpler manner. I think some places have made remediate like a bad word, but it's really not if if you're doing it in earnest. That and review. Yeah. The words review and remediate are like no-nos now. No, that just makes my brain turn off. Well, to be fair, I would say in our program, one feature of our program that I don't know if our listeners know about this is that on most, if not all of our assessments, we offer our students choice already. Absolutely. The assessment. That's one thing. And then two, one thing that I really liked was on an assessment for Latin one, it was just a question. It was based off of a comprehension of a story that we read, but then it asked, oh, can you think of an example of how this lesson might apply in your own culture? Yep. And just reading that was like, it was actually grading for pleasure. Like I loved reading those Rachel started that. Yeah. Rachel started that when she was teaching two and she started to ask these kinds of questions like that. And then I started to do it with the ones and then, and now Dr. Patrick, who is Bob, I'm sorry, I don't have students in my room. It's Bob. Um, and now Bob's doing that with his ones as well. But and 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 we built on that with like yeah. with with tasks, you know, which which we can now do that with. Like, um, um, you know, I'm really interested to see what my kids today with their tasks. They analyzed dreams. They used dice, and I'm going to use the word dice. Um, we, we were we were talking before with my, my students were like, Patrick, did you know that in textbooks they can't use the word dice? They have to say number. Was it number cube? Number cube. And I just think that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. But they use dice to roll and create a random dream. And I didn't want to use the kids' dreams because that I mean that can be really personal. Yeah. So they rolled and they made random dreams like oh apparently some of my kids turned them in here when they weren't supposed to. Like like this one they seem to have the ocean, a spider. They were next to the river and the color green. It's just a toss-up. Yeah, it's a total toss-up. And then they were given a dream guide with, oh, I missed it. I missed it. I'm here shaking my head. I know. I'm like, why? I'm like, why is she shaking her head? Is she angry with me? Is this like something she wouldn't want me to do? She's dying of laughter. You know what? I'm gonna draw the line right there. (laughs) But then they got a dream guide and they had to analyze the dream. I am so excited to read these because I'm actually going to not only be able to see what they understood from the creation of this, which is that piece you were talking about, Mm. that understanding what's been put in front of them, but I'm also going to get to see their own personal way of wrapping it all together. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, like, because everything has a meaning, you know, and how they kind of married those things together. And I think it's going to be so And that cool. ties into, I mean, this whole semester you've been working on qualitates. Yeah, all this, all semester. I know that yeah. like the back of my hand. So, but that's the thing. Now, is that for the ring? Like, no, it's for the back <laughs> of my hand. Single ladies. I'm doing hand. the single yeah. ladies hand thing, but I'm doing it because I'm looking at the back of my hand and I know. All right. It. So. Um, I'm also stretching that like. <laughs> So yeah, I think that, but that said, we're still always struggling to figure out the best way to do this. Yeah. You know, maybe someday we'll find some magical thing. and will be like, that's it. That is the magical thing that we've needed. Yeah. yeah. But I find that unlikely. Well, and I, so, you know, and I just want to, I want to point out, I'm actually really glad that you brought up the things that you did about it because these are the exact things that we have made changes in. So for you to say, this is what I find to be a struggle still Yet, here are the things that I see that we're doing that are helpful means that we're on the right track. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a unique thing that we benefit from having you in our program mm-hmm. because you are coming from this outside perspective and you're able to look at the things that we're doing and saying that works and that doesn't. And we who have been in this program for X number of years go, okay. Give you a veto stamp. Oh my gosh, we should, but it won't be red. Red is too negative. <laughs> 
I want it blue. Blue. Wayto. Blue is a calming color so that when I see it, I won't, and I'll go, Veto, and then I'll go, Veto. That's a nice color, though. Yeah. Teal? I'll take, like, a nice, uh, <laughs> hmm, that would, that would look really good next to, you know, a peach or something, you know what I mean? Next so to my sorry. raccoon on my Next to my raccoon and my owls. <laughs> <laughs> I should mention that one of those is a stuffed animal for the students. Yeah, and one is not. One is a stuffed animal for me. Yeah. And one is a paperweight. I want the real animal. <laughs> That's, I bring that's John. I bring in. I bring in my taxidermy. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so, Rachel, did you have any other questions for John? Um, if you could talk to yourself from the beginning of the year when you're just embarking on this, so like if he could us. send a letter back to day one, John. Yeah, or in like, August? or like yeah. stumble up from a DeLorean, whichever way. Oh, okay. <laughs> if 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 the doctor showed up, oh, put you in his TARDIS. Yeah. And you went and back you were to like, that. this is what I need to do. What other time for time references can we come up with? <laughs> I'm sure there's more. What would you tell your, yeah. What would you, what would your message be to yourself? I could put the master sword back. Yes. Go back seven years. If you could turn <laughs> back time. What would your message uh-huh. be? <laughs> oh. Tom back. Poor Tom. <laughs> well, he didn't show up with the right thing. So yeah. I had to send him back. <laughs> All right. He wasn't on the list. <laughs> so back to, uh, yeah, I'd say back to, well, I would say going back to student teaching, starting CI, but also even coming here, a part of me was a bit intimidated, even though naturally, like, like I said, because I just had that um, natural inclination to personalize the language and use it mm-hmm. actively. Yeah. Like I've never been opposed ever, even when I talk grammar translation to using oral Latin or right. spoken Latin. Living so like, Latin? Yeah, You're living doing... Latin. Yeah. Using Latin actively. There you so, go. So um, that was never intimidating. What was intimidating, though, was thinking, do I have to come in here and be 90% in the target oh, every um... day? That's a big part yeah. of discussion right now, too, even amongst teachers who've been teaching for a really long time. Yeah, well, and and the big thing is to say, I think it's universally agreed that in, like, Latin 1, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They're well, not ready. And even in Latin 3, there are some days where we're not. And, you know, like, for example, tomorrow we're doing reading option A, which, if you don't know, is a Ben Slavic thing. You, um, It's this whole long process, and I won't do the whole process with them tomorrow, but essentially involves reading aloud to them, them reading silently, them talking to a partner. It involves choral translation. It involves notes. If you want to give notes, I'll probably give some grammar notes tomorrow because they're threes and they're ready for it. It can involve culture notes. It involves discussion in the target language. It's this big, long thing. Um, but we certainly won't be in Latin for that entire time tomorrow ourselves. We could share that all in one post, right? (laughs) Wrap it up, John. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think, I think going back and talking to yourself about that is, is a, is a really good, is a really good thing. Yeah. You would just tell yourself. Well, I was, I, even when I came in, I was like talking to Keith, Keith Toda uh, about it. And he's like, no, like, I'm not in the target language that much. So he's like, don't worry about it. Just do the best you can. So that like, and I feel like, of course, like it's become more natural and better, but it was, that was definitely one thing that I was intimidated about. I was like, oh my God, I'm being the CI program with these 
experts. Okay, in fact, we put, we put all of our lesson plans in yeah. Latin. We only send emails in Latin. Uh, Lunch will be in Latin. Who cares that we have it with Spanish teachers? This one in Latin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just can't tell. Yeah. Because... You're so. Yeah. You're so fluent. Okay. Didn't you realize I was speaking it. No. You know. What? This is so <laughs> no, no, I think I think that's a really good point. Like I think I think that's something that I definitely go back and talk to myself about as a new teacher, or even I, I know that's something that I've been teaching for. Oh God, I've been teaching for, I started in, I started in 2010. This is when I moved here, right? Yeah. I started so in 2010. This is my eighth year here. Yep. I've been, oh my gosh. <laughs> I've been teaching for eight years. And when I first You're came here, a decade. I know I'm kind of scared. Let's have a decade party. I'm, okay. Two years. Okay. Um, but I know I was scared even, even coming here and I had been teaching for five years, mm-hmm. you know, coming here and just being, and, and granted, I will readily admit that I think there is extra pressure on me. Nepotism. I well, Yeah. Well, no, but that's the thing. Okay. So this, but that's the thing. Like I, I would say that the thing that I hear most often from, from a wide variety of places, I will not single out one place of where I've heard this, but, oh, it must be nice to be working with your father because you probably get away with a lot. And, and it's the exact opposite. And I don't, I don't want to say that to say that my father is incredibly difficult, hard on me. He isn't, but there is, there is by nature of the situation added pressure on me because he is personally, I want to make him proud <laughs> and professionally, I want to make him proud. And so I definitely felt that pressure too, like coming here and knowing that I was coming to work with Rachel and Keith and Bob and just being like, Oh my God, I have the least experience about of all of us. And I am never going to be able to speak like they speak. And I'm never going to be able to do it. I'm just going to suck and I'm going to die. <laughs> not, not to rant, but it just undermines your own credentials. It does. Yeah, because you have definitely earned your place here. It undermines what well, they're trying yeah, to undermine when, your when credentials. They say, when they say like, oh, oh, they are. I was yeah, like, I was like, you, I, well, you. at first he said they, and I was like, I don't think Rachel's trying to undermine my credentials <laughs> at all. No, it it I'm is recording and, you right now. Well, and, okay, and look, and I will say this: I've actually had an experience or two where I have been a, a, accused of things because of the fact that, and it wasn't even because I wasn't working with him at the time. It was a simple fact that we worked in the same county. Yeah. Which is the largest county in the existence of the universe. It's not, but it but feels like it States, is. I think it is the largest district in the United States. Land wise, distance wise. And not school district. Numbers. Though. Oh num no, numbers numbers it rivals number wise, our district rivals LA and Chicago City Schools. Yeah. Um and because it's just so big. Yeah. Well no, and that's the thing. So like for example, I live on the northeasternmost end of the county. I am closer to Athens than I am Atlanta. In order to get to Duluth, which is where I used to teach, that can take anywhere from thirty minutes to forty five minutes. And to get down here to Lilburn where I teach now, that's another twenty to thirty minutes depending on traffic. I mean and it's and it's not that far of it. I mean, it's it's just it's just the way the county is. But no, I mean, I've had experiences where people have accused me of things because of of, of my father. Um, just just the fact that we teach the same language. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Well, but no, I'm saying I'm agreeing with you. I say I feel that it, I felt that pressure too. Feel, I felt that pressure because I was asked to join the team here. Yeah, you were. But but that's a big deal. <laughs> like you know, they're like. Uh, we want you to we come want you. Right. Yeah. Well, then you've got to perform. Come here. Yeah. I know. You're like, okay. <laughs> well, I was going to take a nap today, but yeah. I guess I'll try. I guess I'll work on my Latin. 
I know. I feel like it's good that we're all sympathizing on this because you've got three people from three very different backgrounds when it comes to how we were hired um, and not not why we were hired. We were all hired for the same reason, but how we were hired and the background that we're coming from for all of us to feel that same struggle that you're expressing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I think that's telling. I think it's real. I mean, if you're joining a a group that is it's you, that you know is a good group and they are inviting you into yeah. their group, you mm-hmm. definitely want to do them proud. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We need to wrap up, but I want to ask you some quick fire questions. Ooh. And we didn't talk about this prior, but um, I know that a lot of people who are in your position where they have, whether or not they've taught before or they've taught before as a student teacher or they've taught before in another country or they're coming from a traditional program and then they come into a CI program. So here are my quick fire questions. How many days in the last week did you go home before 4.30? most. So what, four out of five? Yeah. Okay. That's really good. And I wanted to ask that question because we all have a tendency our first year, and I know Rachel and I have gotten onto you before, where we stay really, really late. I feel like in the past month, it's been not as late as it has. That's good. I think I've noticed that. And I want to, and I asked that question because I want to say there's nothing wrong with going home early. Mm -hmm. I know that on Wednesday, I'm going to be trying to get out of here at 2.45. If that, I want to get out of here by 2.30. Because I should mention this, and I'm going to bring this up in a second, Actuals this week. Yes. And I'm leaving on Thursday. But we'll talk about that in a second. Here's my second quick fire question. Okay? How much? Two? Second oh. of probably five. I'll limit it to five. <laughs> no more than five. How much grading have you taken home in the last two weeks? Um, A good amount. Which a is good amount? Finish. Well, well <laughs> it probably would only take me an hour. But okay. I'm, I'm okay. This is my own personal confession. Spread it out. No, well, I can't really do it at home. So, like, even in the spring, like, I would have to take myself to the library on Saturdays to do it because I could not oh, do it at home. It's just a focus thing. We yeah. Have. I can't do it at home, but that's because if I try to, and I've tried to do work at home before, I have four animals that crawl on top of my computer and tear things up. So, <laughs> I can't do it at home either. But I, but I totally like an hour's that. worth. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, that, that I mean, is it, is it, is it, it's a not... It's not a tiny amount, but it's not a huge amount either. My first year, especially. Especially yeah. for first year. That's that's awesome. Um, he, my next question, quick fire question. That may be it, but I thought I had one more. Well, I can tell you something. You have a quick fire question? Tell me something. <laughs> he gets here no later than six every morning. Well, that bit, I know, but you, we, we, well, and, and <laughs> but here's the thing. Our program is. But that's my preference, though. Our right program there, yeah. is unique in that most of us get here really early and then we try to get out of here really early. Like we don't like to stay super late as I look at the clock and it's now 3.30. Um, that's only a little bit over an hour after school's out. I know. <laughs> um, so here's, uh, here's my last quick fire question. If you had it to do it over, if you had to do it over, would you apply here? Of course. He's got this like look of offense on his face. How dare you ask me that? Well, okay. I want to, first of all, I want to start by thanking you for being here. Thank you for letting us hijack you this afternoon and interview you because I know that that's an intimidating thing. Um, and well, thank you for having me. And now I can say, Hey, I'm internet famous now. Yeah, Watch out, world. <laughs> um, two, or do, are you on Twitter? Yes, actually, I do have but my, my uh, as Rachel and I pull out our pens to write it down. I don't think any of us are following you. Somebody type it. Well, what's your Twitter? To handle? be fair, I just set up my professional one. Whoa! Last, like month, because I was like, I don't really know if I'm that. That's really my kind of thing, you know. Oh, or like, I know all of you have like your blogs, and I'm like, I would like to do that, but I'm like, I don't know what more I could contribute in my own unique way. You could start so. by guest blogging. 
That's true. We would, yeah. if you wanted to do we a guest We would blog, love to have you do it. We've a actually blog. had a couple of people, like Casey. Um, Casey Fox, did a guest blog. Uh, and then he started his own blog. Bob so was doing guest blogs for us before he joined Stepping into CI. Yeah. Um, and I know we've had a guest blog from a couple other people. I think Keith did a guest blog for yes, us at one did. point, too. So what's your what's your professional Twitter handle? Magister Folk, F as in Frank, O-U-L-K, as my mom says, in case she ever <laughs> listens to this. Thank <laughs> you for saying that. It's okay. I know that my mom has listened to some of these, too, and then and, – and, I just like being when I know that she's listening. Um, so uh, look out, look out for his Twitter because we're all going to be at Actful and we're all going to be twittering, tweeting, tweeting. Yep, I, know, I got it. I can do this. We, I can we speak English. Like old people that Hippie know what these things are. Yeah, yeah, right. But that's the thing. So if we seem a little scatterbrained today, and if we seem a little, you know, like we're, you know, for the birds. Um, it's because Actful is starts on Friday, although some pre-activities start on Thursday and I, I only have to be at school for two more days before I drive up there. Yes. Um, so, uh, we hope to see you guys at Actful now. And I want to make this last thing this week. Uh, this last thing is a set of quick announcements. This week is our, this week is our, this week, last week, by the time you hear this last week was our last chapter of the reading book study. Rachel and I are officially done with the reading book study. And I know that Jason, you've sent us a couple of suggestions. And so I think we're still going to do an all call for suggestions because I want to know what you guys want us to read. But Jason, I think we're probably going to look at one of yours and pick one of your suggestions. Two, our, so this one is premiering on the 20th, which is right after Actful. Mm-hmm. Our next podcast will be an Actful wrap-up. Um, maybe we'll do a special session. I don't know. But our Actful wrap-up will be rep. Oh, goodness. Wrap up. Our, an actful wrap up will be our next podcast. Um, and so I hope you'll you'll check into that. There are a number of things going on there. And um, then we will be uh, I think that will be our last one for the semester. I'm going to make an executive decision that I'll be our last one for the semester and we'll pick back up both with a book study and with our podcast in January. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this again. Thank you, John, for, for joining us today. And uh, we'll be contacting you about that. I guess blog post in the near future. Oh, and don't forget to join the conversation. Hashtag stepping into CI.